On today's Crossover Thursday edition of the Locked On Giants, Locked On Cardinals podcast, Locked On Cardinals host Alex Clancy and I are breaking down everything you need to know for what's ahead in week two's game between the Giants and the Arizona Cardinals. That's coming your way next. You are Locked On Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's week two. It's Thursday. That means it's time for Crossover Thursday. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Patricia Trena locked on Giants as we look forward to this uh, duel between two 0-1 teams that got there in very different ways for different reasons. So much to discuss on this Crossover Thursday. This episode of Crossover Thursday is brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports, go to prizepicks.com slash NFL and use code all lowercase NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So we're going to talk key matchups. We're going to talk path to victories. We may even give our prediction for the game. But first, like, Pat, <laughs> I feel like there are very few locked on hosts who can commiserate with me through 60 minutes of football. And while it looked very different, the result was the same. So why don't you walk me through what it feels like now after experiencing the 40 nothing drubbing the Giants went through on uh, last week after the entire offseason of contract extensions, Saquon Barkley trading for Isaiah Simmons with higher expectations of what the Cardinals have in 2023. I'll sum it up for you in one word, Alex. Yeah. Pain. <laughs> Pain. I mean, to have to sit through that. Now, thankfully, you know, we were in the press box. We were dry. It was a rainy night. It was an ugly night. You saw ugly football. And it was a kick in the teeth, as I as I said. You know, it, it's, it was like, okay, this giant team, you know, they might have improved on paper, but they haven't put it all together yet. And there were a lot of things wrong with the game. You can look at the turnovers, which were a big factor in it. I can look at the play calling, for example, giving up on the run as quickly as they did when they, you know, the, the offensive line couldn't protect worth a, a, a you know, a, a dime. The offensive line was a problem. You know, they, they just, they had no answers. And it was very frustrating because, you know, you would expect the Brian Dable coach team to be a little bit more, you know, prepared. So now that brought up second guessing. It was like, okay, did the starters play enough during the preseason? Did the Giants wait too long to set the offensive line? Because they didn't announce, you know, they didn't quote unquote settle on the offensive line until the literally the week before they started preparing mm -hmm. for Dallas. So just a lot of questions brought up. And now they've got a couple of injuries that they're monitoring. Andrew Thomas, the left tackle being one, you know, Graham Gano, the kicker who got cleated in the calf being another. So just an absolute mess, pain. Like I said, it was a night game. My listeners know I hate night games with a passion, especially home night games because they just run so long and you just, you know, you're just out of it the next day. But when you throw on top of it a loss and all the questions that came up with, as a result of it, it was just, you know, it was like, wow, what a start to the season. 
Yeah. I mean, first off, you're just on the wrong coast. That game was over at 8.30 where I live. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It sounds like a sounds like a you problem there, Pat. No, but I mean, here's the thing. What you can say about those two teams is neither of those teams are as good or as bad as what we saw on Sunday Night Football. That was just a perfect storm of yuck for the Giants. And then, you know, everything bounced the right way for, for the Cowboys. I mean, that's something that um, was absolutely unbelievable. The pirouette to the block kick to the to the run back. It's like, oh. But then it's one play, and you're like, okay, they'll come back. And then never happened. Now with the Cardinals, it's a little bit more close to reality where Washington is not a very good football team with Sam Howell. The Cardinals aren't a very good football team with Joshua Dobbs as they're working through their transition. And I'm a lot more confident about the Cardinals because we're grading on a curve here. There's more expectations in New York with the contract extension for Daniel Jones and, and Saquon Barkley in, in, in the one-year deal and things like that. And Brian Dable, a new flashy head coach, and got you guys a playoff win last year. And going into Sunday, the storyline for the Cardinals is going to remain the same. Be competitive, play hard, and get after the quarterback. And I think that that's really – I mean, that's kind of their wheelhouse right now because for the rest of the defense – there's not much to be done, even though they played out of their shorts on Sunday against an inferior team. We'll see what happens with another NFC East team. Now, before we go into key matchups and talk about things like that, we, we got to break this down a little bit more. Like after week one, after the offseason, and going into a game where if you start 0 2 statistically, it's a lot tougher to make the playoffs, even though the NFC is very, very top heavy this year. What is the pulse around East Rutherford? around practices, around, you know, the team itself. Like, what what's the mindset of the Giants right now going into week two against the Cardinals? Well, I mean, they're not giving up. That You know, look, everybody has a bad day at the office. Mm-hmm. We all do. Some of us have – I don't know if we have horrible days like what the Giants have, but, you know, it's the, – the, the attitude is it's one game, all right? Yes, it was on national television. Yes, it was against an NFC East opponent. The NFC East is a very competitive um, division. But I don't get the sense that the Giants are panicking and going, oh, my God, we're, we're screwed. I, I just don't get that sense. What I do think, though, you know, there is a sense of urgency. I don't want anybody to think that there isn't, you know, but the Giants had said, you know, Joe, Joe Shane, the general manager, has said it. Brian Dable, the head coach, had said it. Some of the players had said it. They weren't going to know what kind of team they had until we got two or three weeks or so into the season. So as you said before, the team's probably not as bad as it looked. And, you know, teams that looked really good maybe aren't as, don't look as, aren't as good as they, you know, they might look week one. It's a long season, but that being said, the Giants, they, they just shot themselves in the foot time and time and time again from coaching right on down to execution. And they know they can't have it. They got to be better in all facets of the game, offense, defense, special teams. They know that. And the coaching has got to be on point. And I don't think it really was, you know, I mentioned the offensive game plan and how they got away from the run. So that's got to be, you know, looked at. And maybe, you know, be a little bit more flexible because, you know, I'm sitting here, Alex, and I'm still scratching my head. It was a rainy night and you're not running the ball. You're trying to pass it and your pass protection is, is you know, holier than Swiss cheese. <laughs> it, it made no sense. So, uh, 
so yeah, no panic, but put your nose to the grindstone, chop wood, whatever expression you want to use. The Giants know that they cannot afford to fall into a hole 0-2 to start the season, especially since they got a quick turnaround against the 49ers that following Thursday night. To be a little bit more difficult uh, uh, mm-hmm. challenge than Sunday at State Farm Stadium. Now, one quick thing before we pivot to key matchups. How did Isaiah Simmons look in blue on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, Isaiah Simmons got a handful of snaps um, playing inside linebacker. Didn't really, you know, stand out where you said, oh, wow, I noticed him. You know, I think he's still feeling his way um, in, in this defense. Um, they, they're giving him a select number of plays or, you know, packages, if you will. Mm-hmm. And as they bring him up to speed, he'll probably see a bigger role as we go forward. But look, they like him. They like what he could bring to the table. The Giants pass rush, you know, all together last week against the Cowboys put up a big goose egg. They couldn't get to Dak Prescott for for like the third game in a row. They weren't able to sack a a Cowboys quarterback, which is, you know, outrageous if you think about it. Mm -hmm. But Isaiah Simmons, he's going to be a big part of this defense. Um, He's not necessarily as a starter, but he's going to have a big role in sub packages, especially in key sub packages. And going into Sunday, um, the wide receiver one less New York Giants probably haven't had one since Odo Beckham Jr. left. Uh, Kenny Galladay kind of ruined that plan. The Cardinals without a CB one probably haven't had one since Patrick Peterson when he was in his heyday in, in the in the early 2010s will go up. Is that the key matchup going in to Sunday? Guess what? Patty Trenton and I are going to talk about it next. Locked on Cardinals. Locked on Giants crossover. This episode of Locked on Cardinals is brought to you by Jace. All right. So this is a new sponsor of ours, Jace Medical. Okay. This is one of the most fascinating companies that I've ever come into contact with, whether it be sponsors of this podcast or the Locked On Podcast Network or not. But Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you a peace of mind so you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand. Jace Medical is simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Now, here's the CTA, which is wild. Save more than $360 by getting these life-saving antibiotics with Jace Medical, plus an additional 20 bucks off by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E-M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com, promo code LOCKEDON. Second segment here, crossover Thursday, Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Patricia Trena, locked on Giants, at Patricia underscore, underscore Trena on Twitter at Clancy's Corner. For me, uh, you can check her out Monday to Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube for all of your New York Giants information. Um, cry fests, Saquon love fests, whatever it may be, you can check it out with Patty Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So uh, key matchups going into this 0-1 versus 0-1 matchup. Two teams that are in very different parts of their trajectory. Three very different like parts of their path. One thing about the Cardinals is there's no pressure, baby. 
this is all a rebuild. So when you go into a game like the Cardinals did um, in Washington last week in D.C., seeing sparks of life, seeing things that we saw with him hitting really hard, even though, you know, Kazir White got called for a, it was a brutal uh, 15-yard penalty where he pretty much decapitated Sam Howell. And uh, Jalen Thompson got caught for another 15-yard penalty with unnecessary roughness. But aside from that, they hit really hard and within the within the guidelines of the rules. And that's something that the Cardinals haven't really shown over the last couple of years under the last regime. So going into Sunday, key matchups for me, I'm going to take the lead here, is the pass rush versus that pseudo-porous offensive line uh, alluded to as Swiss cheese in the last segment. Um, the Cardinals need help on the pass rush side of things because if the pass rush is strong, the inferior cornerback uh, room, can bear more fruits. And it's just the, the best friend of a cornerback room of DBs in general is a strong pass rush. It allows elusivity, get Daniel Jones out of the pocket, make him making mistakes, which he has a proclivity to do from time to time. And that's the way the Cardinals, one key matchup can actually stay in this game against a roster and team that's just better than them. Key matchup for you, Pat. I know we've got a couple here, but like, what's the first thing that comes to mind for you? Oh, gosh. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Giants running game. I'm mm. going to go with the strength here because I do believe, I do believe that Saquon Barkley, even though he was underused last week, in my opinion, whether that be in, on purpose or otherwise, Barkley can still give a guy, you know, give a team a headache. Um, Barkley, you know, get him out in space if you need to, but more importantly, just pound him you know, right at that run defense and, you know, just, just let him set up play action for the passing game. Because last, you know, if you're, look, the Cardinals sacked Washington, if I'm not mistaken, I think six times they had six sacks, if I'm not mistaken. So what better way, what better way, excuse me, to loosen up the pass rush than to run, set up play action, and then maybe see if he can, you know, get guys to back out, you know, so I'm going to be looking for Saquon to take the lead in this game. Now, you know, the run blocking by the Giants offensive line wasn't horrible. It what you know, I mean, com- as compared to the pass blocking, which was just a disaster. Right. So I think if they can, you know, stick with the run, show a little bit more patience with it, they can maybe set things up and make things easier for themselves as the game progresses. And the Cardinals defense isn't the Cowboys defense. I mean, the Cowboys defense looked like Madden on easy. And that wasn't the, it was just that perfect storm. Like, I mean, Javon Diggs isn't that, I mean, except for Micah Parsons, who single-handedly may just take over the reins as the best defensive player in football after Aaron Donald retires. I mean, it's kind of, the trajectory is kind of going that way. He's faster than he should be (laughs) getting to the quarterback. And you guys saw it firsthand on Sunday night. Uh, But I think that's fair. I mean, Saquon Barkley is a terror in space. He's a terror catching the ball out of the backfield. He's a terror when blocked for properly, even sometimes when not. And the Cardinals interior defensive line run defense isn't the best. They actually showed out pretty well against Washington, but Brian Robinson plus Antonio Gibson does not equal Saquon Barkley. And you have Matt Breida back there. I mean, you've got guys that can run the ball. If you run the ball 25 times or 30 times, you can move the ball down the field. That would be an easier way to beat the Cardinals. Um, I, I do want to talk about the wide receiver, the Giants wide receivers versus the Cardinals corners. Um, Marco Wilson is looked to be CB1, former fourth round pick that Steve Kime traded up from the sixth, I think from the sixth to the fourth 
or fifth to the fourth to, to nab a couple years ago. Played well last week. Um, they don't have a whole lot of other talent there. Uh, Control Clark, sixth round pick, uh, has been playing in the slot. Like, but there's no bona fide CB one, much like mirroring the wide receiver group from the Giants, which is never. It just, just never got there. Like this, like. Hakeem Nix and Mario Manningham was a long time ago with that one-two punch, you know, and, and now talk to me about the wide receivers and how they could potentially match up against an inferior cornerback room of the Cardinals. Yeah. The beautiful thing about the giants receivers is they, they mix and match and they play chess. And then you also got to throw in Darren Waller. Don't forget him. Oh, right. You yeah. know, he's listed as a tight end. He mm. is their, their de facto number one receiver. Waller can draw a crowd Waller, you know, he's a big body target. Um, he, he had hands like glue in, in the uh, in the summer and the preseason. Now he did have the hamstring issue that popped up last week, which had a, a giant station going crazy. Yeah. Uh, but he was able to play and, you know, they're going to probably have to manage him the rest of the way out to make sure that he stays on the field. But, you know, Waller can open up so much on the outside for those receivers. So, you know, the Giants, they they tried to get bigger receivers this year because, you know, they for years they had shorter guys, 5'10", 5'11". So now you've got Isaiah Hodgins, who's pretty big. You've got Paris Campbell, who's tall. Um, you know, Jalen Hyatt is, is, is on the smaller side, but he's quick. Um, you know, Darius Slayton is, is, is tall. Uh, Waller, as I mentioned, is tall. Daniel Bellinger, let's not forget about him, the second tight end. He can go out there. So it's just a mix and match thing. And, and, you know, the fact that there's not a number one receiver means that, you know, I would suspect, and I don't, I don't know if this is how, you know, the Cardinals played their defense, but okay. now they don't have to worry about having one guy necessarily shadow a specific, uh, you know, giant receiver. So that's where, you know, Mike Kafka, the offensive coordinator for the Giants can play chess, if you will. And just, you know, mix guys up. And I, I didn't mention Paris Campbell. I keep forgetting Paris Campbell because he can work out of the backfield too. But he's he's a, a, a tallish receiver. So I'm very curious to see how the Giants deploy because they can do so much. And we saw so many different looks with how guys aligned, you know, lined up a, a, at the line of scrimmage and, you know, the different patterns, especially coming out of the trips formation with guys you just didn't know which way they were going. So uh, it, it could be fun if it comes together and if that offensive line does its job. It'll be interesting to see. Mike Kafka was a finalist for the Arizona Cardinals head coaching job before going back to um, the big blue over there. It'll be very interesting to see what the offense looks like firsthand with Drew Petzing being chosen to be the offensive coordinator and obviously Jonathan Gannon taking over as head coach for the fired Cliff Kingsbury. And we're going to see firsthand what Mike Kafka's got. And um, yeah, let's just throw it out there. It's going to be better than it was last week. Alex Clancy locked on Cardinals. Patricia Train locked on Giants crossover Thursday brought to you by Prize Picks. Paths to victory next as we finish up here on the second installment of crossover Thursday of 18, 17, 18. Yeah, 18. By week 17, 18. This episode of Locked On uh, Crossover Thursday is brought to you by the aforementioned Prize Picks. So I like simple, okay? More than or less than. I don't want to deal with spreads. I don't want to deal with, you know, you know, unless it's unless it's with, you know, FanDuel. But with prize picks, when, when you're talking about stats, there is a very simple 
an industry-leading, independently-owned daily fantasy sports platform, and it's called PrizePix. Okay, the easiest and most exciting way to play DFS. It's you against the numbers. That's it. So it's fun. You can win up to 25 times your money the entire football season. You select two or more players, pick more or less on their projected stats, and place your entry. Less than 60 seconds, super easy. Text, uh, testing my skills on prize picks this football season is the most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports. And if you have the skills, you can turn 10 bucks into 250 bucks with just a few taps. Quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stats types are what make prize picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. They offer weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, prize picks discount select player projections of the 25% to provide even more value. Okay, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Go to prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL and use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to a hundred bucks. Just do it. Do it now. After you listen to Pat and me, just go do it. I get excited about price picks, Pat. Welcome to Locked on Cardinals. There's, Alex yeah, locked on Cardinals. Patty Trena, locked on Giants. We are. The 0-1 Cardinals versus the 0-1 Giants crossover Thursday. Two teams who are probably a couple years removed from each other on their plan. You know, with Daniel Jones just getting a contract extension, things are starting to form into shape with a new head coach. Playoff win, that's something the Cardinals are far away from now, and the Cardinals are just flat-out rock-bottom rebuild. And I tell my, my listeners all the time, Pat, this is the fun stuff. This is where you really get to see the introspection of young players playing without real pressure aside from performing and the win-loss not being a direct metric of success in the, during the season as, as it normally is, and it's just fun. So going into Sunday, pass to victory. Mine I alluded to earlier, so I'll, I'll just go first with this. It's pass rush getting to Daniel Jones. This is what it was last week. It was Sam Howell. Daniel Jones is a lot more fleet of foot. Um, he's a much better runner of the football. His stats are a lot better than than people give him credit for. It was true. He had over 100 rushes last year. Did, did I did I see that on the Sunday night football um, Sunday night football broadcast? The dude is a talented runner. He's big. He can run over people. Um, but I still think getting to him, forcing him to make bad throws, which allows the defense to be a little bit more opportunistic, is the way to cut the head off the snake and hopefully get the Cardinals close to a victory. All you want to do is be a one score game going to the last couple minutes and just kind of see what happens. Or at least that's the Cardinals approach. So get the pass rush is one major key to victory for me, Pat, take it away. Yeah, I agree with you. The offensive line, the giants offensive line has got to protect better. Now, whether they keep an extra blocker in, which I think, you know, might help them, whether it's getting the ball out of Daniel Jones's hand faster whether it's, like I said before, using the run game to loosen things up. They got to keep Daniel Jones off his back and on his feet. Otherwise, they can forget about it. Now, the other thing that I want to see from the Giants as a a, uh, potential path to victory, finish the pass rushes. (laughs) I mentioned last week they didn't have a single sack against the Cowboys. They had, I think, I want to say four quarterback pressures. That ain't going to cut it. That is not going to cut it. You know, in Joshua Dobbs, you got a young quarterback, a fairly young guy who's, who's you know, feeling his way around, who, who sounds like he's 
he's uh, week to week, it sounds like, you know, uh, whether or not he's going to go the distance until Kyler yeah. Murray comes back, I don't know. But rattle him, you know, get after him. There's just no reason with that pass rush that they have, with the talent they have, Kayvon Thibodeau, Aziz Ojolari, Leonard Williams, Dexter Lawrence, you know, and, and some of those exotic blitzes that Wink Martindale dials up. Get after the quarterback, rattle him, and take control of that game because you've got decent talent on the back end. you got guys who can hold up. Adoree Jackson can hold up back there. You know, Deontay Banks had a fine game for, for his first game out. Trey Hawkins, you know, the safeties, Xavier McKinney, Jason Pinnock. But you got to get pressure up front. And, oh, by the way, since the running game seems to be the strength of the Cardinals offense from what I, from where I'm sitting, play the run. You know, obviously fill the gaps. And, you know, the Giants upgraded at linebacker Bobby Okereke had a solid game last week for the Giants, one of few guys who did. And just, you know, th- just impose your will. The Giants got got steamrolled last week. That you know mm-hmm. the Cowboys imposed their will. Take that motivation now and impose it on the Cardinals in every facet of the game. Yeah, and this will be the first installment of the Ojolari Bowl with Bija Ojolari getting drafted by the Cardinals. His older brother Aziz over in New York. Another guy I thought the Cardinals should have drafted when he came out. A um, lot of that in the first round here in Arizona, where oh probably should have drafted him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that's right. I think it's going to be in the trenches. That's that's kind of an easy out because you could say that with anything, but especially with these two teams with the question marks on both sides. Like Paris Johnson Jr. gave up zero quarterback pressures uh, last week during pass attempts. Um, I think there were 34 of them. He had zero quarterback pressure. So the Cardinals' first-round pick uh, checked the box, even though Pro Football Focus didn't have him that highly rated. Uh, you can look at numbers any way that you want. If, if your rookie right tackle – gives up zero quarterback pressures during passing passing scenarios. I think that's a win regardless of what the numbers say. Um, Pat, do you give predictions or do you want to wait till Friday? <laughs> do I give predictions when I have to? I don't like to because I'm never right, but let's do it to, together. I'll give you one. I'm, let's I'm do it together. It. Oh, Go man. Right the field, the show. Pat, nobody's ever right. That's the fun of it. I know, but I mean, when I'm wrong, boy, am I wrong. I mean, I thought the Giants were going to beat the Cowboys 27-24. I was convinced of that. <laughs> okay. Well, it still, it still <laughs> happened. The numbers are just off. Uh, they were way off, but all right. Yeah. you want uh, All right, I'll give you a prediction for this one. Yeah. I do think the Giants are going to bounce back. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to clean up a lot of the problems they have. And like you said, the offensive line, I know Giant fans are saying, well, they've got to do something on the right side because Lewinsky can't continue on like this. And Evan Neal, he can't continue on like this. Guys, there's nobody else coming in right now. The Cavalry is not going to come in and save this offensive line. So it's up to them to play better. And it's up to Mike Kafka and the coaches to scheme better to give those guys help if they need it. So again, if that means blocking with six or more, big deal. You take one of the receivers receiving options out of the, the, the routes and you protect the quarterback because what good is running all, everybody out on a route if the quarterback can't reach him? So that being said, I think the Giants will get on the scoreboard. That's that's the first prediction I'll make. They won't be shut out again. Um, I'm going to say 23-17 Giants. All right. Um, yeah, I said the Cardinals would lose 30-13 to last week. Um 
it wasn't that obviously much of a blowout, but I'm going to go kind of the same. I, well, I want to see the Giants offense do something. So I would say, you know, 27-10, I think it'd be something like that. You know, I wouldn't be <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if Darren Waller outscores the Cardinals. Uh, there's a couple things that we know in Arizona, one of which is ain't nobody ever defending a tight end at State Farm <laughs> Stadium with the Cardinals. I, I, it's just – it's one of those things. It's one of those things. And we'll wrap up here because uh, I could just talk to Pat for, for six hours. But – one, the Raiders always lead the NFL in, in penalties. Doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the players are, that just happens. And then two, Cardinals can't defend tight ends. Doesn't matter who the coach is, doesn't matter who the players are. There are just some things that are truths in the NFL that are unexplainable, and that's another one. So uh, fantasy football, you can check out Vinny Iyer, locked on fantasy football, but Darren Waller is going to eat on Sunday. That'd be my prediction there. Um, yeah, so I think 27-10, I think that's about right. Um could be a defensive touchdown in there. We'll, we'll, we'll kind of see how it goes. Pat Trena, Locked on Giants, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcasts and on YouTube, at Patricia underscore Trena on Twitter. Alex Clancy, Locked on Cardinals, at Clancy's Corner, Monday through Friday, free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube. Easy for me to say. We will talk to you on our respective podcasts tomorrow.